This is Discipleship Dissected on Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. I'm here with two friends. One I know really well because she's my assistant, Mm -hmm. Gabby. Hello, and a everybody. year two assistant student. <laughs> yep, year two. And your friend, and now my friend, Hannah. I'm super excited to be here. And you're from <laughs> Ohio. I am from Ohio. So Gabby comes to me last week, and she's just going on and on and on. And I said, hang on, what what, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you saying? This revivalist on YouTube and this and that. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> so, so what happened? How did you find Hannah? Tell me the story. It yes. was crazy. Yeah. Oh who reached out to who? Well, okay. So I've been following Hannah for about two years on YouTube. She had this video. Uh, she put out a video about a dream she had about the end times. And I was like, you know what? This girl's really cool. So I've been following her on Instagram and YouTube for the past two years. And I'm like, this girl preaches the truth. And she preaches fire. And I'm reminded of that verse in Samuel um, it's First Samuel sixteen seven, and it's when Samuel's about to anoint um, the next king of Israel. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Eliab because of his appearance. But the Lord's like, I do not look at appearance. I look at the heart. Ooh. And I see Hannah as a young giant killer because mm-hmm. of his heart. And God can use those with a pure heart to be giant killers. So I was like, I got to get this girl to Bridgeway. So, so what'd you do? You just reached out to her? Well, I came to you, Chad, and I was like, hey, like, can we get Hannah on an episode if I could get her here? So I'd just been thinking about it a lot. I'd really been thinking about her. And so I had a dream um, about two weeks ago, and it was me and her praying for revival together. And we were looking at $60 revivalist merch. Long story short, uh, 60 in Strong's Hebrew Concordance is the Hebrew word for mourning and lamenting. So I felt that she represented a cry for Gen Z, which is what she carries. And her boldness has just really inspired me. So... Then I go to Sean Tabbitt's house, who recently moved to um, Greenville. He's with Destiny... Oh, Destiny Publishers? Yeah, Destiny Publishers. So me and you had been talking. I was like, you know what, Chad? We bring Jeremiah Johnson in. We bring Heidi Baker in. But what about the Gen Z millennial (laughs) influencers who are really just going after God? I thought Gen Z was like a vitamin you took. I was like, oh, what? That's so funny. So So I decided to hop on a Zoom call that Hannah was leading. And this has all happened in a week. This all just happened in a week. I literally just met her on Zoom on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. So So I hopped on the Zoom call and (laughs) I really like felt something in my spirit when I hopped on the Zoom call. It kind of reminded me of like when Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist and then Mary was carrying Jesus. I was like, there's something with this girl. So I was like, Lord, I'm just going to reach out in faith. I'm going to invite <laughs> Hannah to come to Bridgeway. If you're on it, she'll respond really quickly. I don't have to try to explain myself. So I was like, hey, we're hosting the altar conference. Sent you this email. I was like, if you want more details, we'll hop on a 10 minute Zoom. You can come check us out. And <laughs> me and my roommates, oh my Ashley and Abby, we were praying about it. And I was like, guys, I really feel like if Hannah's supposed to come, she's going to respond quickly. So 15 minutes later, you shot me an email and you want to take it from there? Yeah. So I shot an email back. I'm like, I said something about being interested. This sounds fun. I said, like, you know, I'll pray on it, let you know, mm-hmm. or something. Something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, yeah. But I then was like praying. I was actually like driving to work after that. And I felt a lot of peace about it already, like coming for some reason, like already starting to pray about it. And then I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to call my dad because I get a lot of wisdom from my dad on social media and stuff. And I'm like, if he has no reservations, no hesitations, then I'll go for it. I'll do it. And so I called him on the phone and he was like, why not? Go for it. That sounds awesome. And I explained the email and everything. And I was like, all right, okay, Lord, I'll go. I'll do this. And so 
now I'm here. <laughs> so tell us, who who are you and how did the Lord get you doing some things on YouTube? Tell me about a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I've grown up in the church all my life. And that can come with having a little bit religious background, you know. So the Lord has definitely had to break that off of me mm-hmm. over the years for sure. Um, but I just, the Lord like broke in when I was about 13 years old and was like, Hannah, like you are not truly walking with me and you're just going through the motions of Christianity and church. And um, I know that's a young age for some people, but honestly, like that's too long for even me. Like I love being with Jesus. So um, yeah, so that happened and I just truly gave my life to the Lord. After that, I just grew in him and sanctification throughout high school and just huge learning process. And then about age 17, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues in my room by myself. And it was just, I was praying, worshiping, and it just happened. And I was like, whoa, like, I went on for hours just in the middle of the night. And from that point on, my life has completely changed even more, Mm -hmm. just in holiness and consecration unto the Lord. And he just really showed me and taught me in the secret place, just how to truly be holy and consecrate myself to him Mm -hmm. in prayer and fasting and worship and just staying in my word and the Bible. And I always tell the Lord, like, I want to be in ministry. Like, I want to do that with my life. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to be a stay-at-home mom to one of these days, Lord willing. And just to do full-time ministry. But I also love technology. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I would always like make um, home videos and edit them, me and my sister would. And then we would play them for my family at like family gatherings and stuff, which is, is hilarious. <laughs> like they were honestly embarrassing, but I love that. It's funny because like from a young age, like I feel like the Lord showed me how to use technology and mm-hmm. I always just loved it. And then like, oh my goodness, back in 2018 of August, the Lord really moved me into doing online ministry with YouTube. So I was always posting like long Facebook posts. And I know Facebook is kind of a place for like the older generation now, but I would always like do these long Facebook posts about Jesus and just wanting to minister to people that way. And a lot of times people would take it the wrong way because, you know, sometimes like people take text the wrong way over like a video or like calling somebody. And so I really felt the Lord calling me to do video like on YouTube. Mm. And so it's crazy because as soon as I started praying about that, he brought some like Christian YouTubers in my path who taught me how to use YouTube, taught me the ins and outs. So I wasn't like starting off not knowing like stuff. They really showed me how to like go about it. And as soon as I like was obedient and uploaded that first Mm. YouTube video, like so many things shifted in my life. It was crazy. Like the conversations, the people that I met for coffee, even in my hometown that I would never probably met for coffee before that watched my story online. And they were like, wow, I would love to just meet up and talk about Jesus. So It's crazy what the Lord's been doing, and I just tell him all the time, I'm like, Lord, if you want to take all my followers, honestly, go right ahead. Like, this platform is not mine. It's yours, and I'm praying, like, Lord, keep me humble, keep me humble, Mm -hmm. keep me humble, because having a platform definitely comes with more temptation of just pridefulness and stuff, Mm -hmm. and that's what the enemy tempted Jesus with, but honestly, yeah, I'm just like, this is yours, and it's all for his Mm -hmm. glory, so whatever he wants to do with it, I just want to reach Gen Z and millennials and the younger generation. Let's talk about Gen Z. Let's, both of you, what is Gen Z like? What do they want? How is the Lord reaching Gen Z? What is Gen Z known for? Let's go Gabby and then Hannah. Well, I mean, when I think of Gen Z, I think about TikTok Hannah. And so (laughs) Hannah has a really fun story, guys, about how she got banned on TikTok. So I'd love for you to chat about that a little bit. Just, just really quick. So (laughs) sidebar, sidebar, really quick sidebar. I was banned from TikTok 
like just for temporary multiple times and then recently got permanently banned Still from TikTok. currently banned, right? Currently banned at the <laughs> moment, again, for the second time permanently banned because I got back on once. They let me back on. But I got banned for like speaking on homosexuality on TikTok because I feel like Gen Z, that's one of the mm-hmm. things Gen Z really struggles with in identity and homosexuality. Yeah. Um, but I got reported a bunch, mm-hmm. and TikTok took me down. Yes, so. and pause. Just to get banned on TikTok, you really have to be preaching the word of Christ to get banned on there for Christianity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess so. Tell, guess tell so. me, Hannah, what is Gen Z? What are they starving for? What What is Gen Z known for? Do you want to go for it? You want me to go for it? You Either. got this, girl. Either. Um, Gen Z, um, well... I could say what they struggle with and like maybe what they're passionate about too. But I think one thing they struggle with is like I said before is identity and like what they need to place their identity in. And so that's why a lot of times I try to go after um, even the spirit of homosexuality and um, all of that because I think they're struggling with, okay, like where do I fit in? Like, where's my, where's my passion? Where's my purpose? And so that really breaks my heart, honestly, for this generation is I want to see revival amongst them in just revival is Jesus. So just giving mm. their heart to the Lord and just like how the Lord, you know, brought me up and how he always was holding my hand along the way at even growing up as when I was younger, um, is just, you know, staying with the father in that place. But so identity, I would say is a big thing, but also like, I feel like, um, opposition really like ignites Gen Z's fire almost mm. having opposition. Yes. And so, I think like when Gen Z knows that mm-hmm. passion and purpose really comes from the father alone, like That's that will good. be a game changer yes. for sure. The scary side of that is creating false justice movements, mm-hmm. false justice yes. arguments <laughs> so to true. where the passion is there, but then it's like, okay, what are we even arguing about? <laughs> yeah. You That's have so a true. passion for this, for the young generation. You, you, yes. you burn for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You were like, yeah. listen, we bring in all these people. I want to yes. bring in Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, uh, what's the father showing you about mm-hmm. how, not, mm-hmm. not the why, but how to reach yeah. this mm-hmm. next generation? Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a great question, Chad. I think that it goes back to first, the first love that Psalm 27, you know, seeking the Lord, you first got to minister to God and then minister out from that place. Mm -hmm. But it's the prayer and discipleship. I think that mothers and fathers are a key thing in the move of this next generation Mm -hmm. to just uplift and empower the younger ones. And that's that's why I'm so passionate about young women who are on fire, especially like you, Hannah. Like, I just want to see God do crazy things in your life. And I support you in your ministry Mm -hmm. and what God's doing through you so much. And I think we need more of that community to link arms and come together and just do what God's calling us to do. How can we encourage each other Mm -hmm. in our callings? So that's my short answer. Tell me your experience, uh, your heartbeat for discipleship. We're very Mm -hmm. passionate about that here. And I heard yeah. uh, Gabby just just mm-hmm. mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is your in your wherever you go to church, wherever your faith community is, is the is there a model of discipleship in operation? So um, that's actually one thing I've been praying about more is community and like where I'm supposed to be currently. But um, discipleship, I love your heart for discipleship, and I love yes. like even visiting here. It's been so encouraging to see like that mm-hmm. heart for discipleship because I believe like as even your prayer has been that like discipleship needs to get back to the churches in America. And that's one part of revival because mm-hmm. you're not going to like have that sustained revival without discipleship because we can go all crazy for the Lord. But if we don't have that continual growth, like you're just going to have like surface level Christians who are just going to leave the totally. church. 
So I think that's really important. That's one thing that the Lord's really been pushing me to do more of online is discipleship. And I think one thing um, is like live streaming has been yeah. really cool. Just talking back and forth with people and doing Zoom calls too. Yeah, I got so. to hop on one of Hannah's Zoom calls and it was really encouraging because one thing that I was really impressed with by your Zoom call was you had challenged uh, your callers to kind of go into a season of consecration, which is one of the things that I feel like is truly lacking in the millennial and Gen Z um, generation. Can you talk about that challenge and yes. what happened because of that? That girl got oh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, so, which was, was incredible. So cool. It was awesome to have you on there, by the way. You shared some okay, sweet. great wisdom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Love that. But um, yeah, so I challenged the people on the Zoom to basically go into 30 days of, and I actually got this wisdom from somebody else before, but That's the good. Lord like highlighted it to me in that Zoom call that we need to go into 30 days of like no secular music, no TV shows that are just not good for your spirit. Yeah. Um, and that's actually one thing that Lord convicted me of a long time ago when I was very young is to cut out sec 99% mm. of secular music, which really changed a lot of things for me. But I wanted to challenge them because I knew a lot of them were struggling. And I said, cut it out for 30 days. <laughs> and when I say Christian music only, like I don't mean just Christian music, like anointed Christian music, worship music. You better specify. <laughs> you better specify. Um, and so they did. And the one girl who was really struggling, one day of cutting all that stuff out, and she she really did have a heart for Jesus, but she just didn't know what to do. Mm. And she said the first day of cutting everything out, mm. she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And like that just ignited her fire even more for Jesus and her heart for the Lord. And I was like, wow. I actually had to post it on YouTube because I was so like, incredible. guys, like this testimony, like look what the Lord will do when you Both consecrate. of you without thinking, start with Gabby and then Hannah. Speaking of no uh, secular music, Hannah Montana. All right, really quick. Gabby, <laughs> okay. you ready? Yeah. What's your working definition of consecration? To be holy and set apart for the Lord. But I got to say one thing. That reminded me of that Joshua 3, 5, consecrate yourself to the Lord mm -hmm. and he'll do wonders among you. There was a wonder yes. just because of that act of consecration, but wow. set up, being set apart and holy unto the Lord. Yes. Hannah? Honestly, I couldn't give a better definition than that, but just giving like everything and surrendering every area of your life to Jesus. All right, so hyper grace is a big thing now. It's a huge thing that's invaded the church. Mm -hmm. Let's go Gabby and then okay. Hannah. Why? A lot of people think there's no need for consecration because mm -hmm. it's all been paid for, brother. It's all good. No, <laughs> yeah. no need to confess yeah. your sins anymore. Yeah, We're all good. good. Everything's covered. Jesus went through a Gethsemane, mm -hmm. so you'll never have to go through pressing times mm -hmm. down here. Consecration is not that big mm -hmm. of a deal. Why is that not true? That's a good question. Um, well, immediately, like the verse that comes to mind is, be holy as I am holy. And also, there's a verse in mm -hmm. Timothy, and it's somewhere else, but it says, some he sets apart for special works. Mm -hmm. And so I always think of that. Like, I want special assignments with the Lord. Like I want to be set apart. I don't want to blend in. Mm -hmm. I want to make a difference yeah. in this generation. And I think consecration plays such a huge role in that because mm -hmm. the word of God, it says we're his temple yeah. and the temple is holy. And you're not going to walk into a church and like eat McDonald's in it and throw the wrappers everywhere. And yeah. I think that sometimes that's what we do when mm -hmm. we like are of the world. Um, so we're being polluted by the things of the world versus just being cleansed with the spirit. Mm, Why so is good. that not legalism? When it comes from a place of love, it's not legalism. Uh, Hannah, do you know the Greek word doulos? You know what it means? I don't think I've heard that before. Love slave. So Paul wow. says, I have become a doulos, a love slave. Wow. So, but it's slave. That's interesting. <laughs> so basically, if you watch Paul's journey, the higher he goes in God, 
the less rights he has. Mm-hmm. Psalm 24, 1, everything yeah. in the world is the Lord and everything yeah. in it. The higher Paul goes in God, mm. he's more dead. Yeah. Wow. And so Eugene Peterson mm. says that the, the point of the spiritual life is death. Mm. Luke 9, 23, if anyone, including Hannah, wants to be my own disciple, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Pick up your cross, deny yeah. yourself. True. So what we teach around here a lot is that the higher you go on the mountain of God, you have less opinions. Mm. The closer you get to God, you know less. Wow. Yesterday I had breakfast with two of two legendary leaders in the kingdom of God that when they're in heaven one day, there'll be a book written, books, probably plural, I'd say more than one, of what God did in Toronto. Mm. I was with John and Carol Arnott. Y'all are probably too young to even know who they are. Um, Gabby may know. Heard of the no. Toronto Revival. And so <laughs> I am with them. And the whole time at breakfast, I'm thinking with my wife, I don't want to, what am I going to say to them? I don't even want to open my mouth. Mm. Like I'm in the midst of greatness. And you know what they were thinking? John even said it. The closer you get to God, mm. you don't really know anything. Wow. So... Let's go, Hannah and then Gabby. Why, why, C.S. Lewis says pride is the chief sin of them all. Mm-hmm. So the opposite of pride is? Humility. Why is it such a big deal? Why is humility such a big deal? Um, well, I think pride, like the Bible says, pride comes before a fall. Mm, so I think any time when you exalt yourself, God is going to humble you real quick. Mm. <laughs> so that's why it's so important to stay in that place of just humility. Like mm. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. How do you stay in that place? Mm. Practically. That's good. By asking the Lord over and over and over again, Lord, like keep me humble and keep me on my face. And mm. just knowing that like I have to continue serving others and being in that place because I never want to come to a place where I feel like, oh, like celebrity status, like I no longer have to do anything or totally. serve other people. Like, no, you're always a servant when you're in the kingdom. Do you know what I think is a temptation for your age group? Is to have an anointing. Mm-hmm. to have an assignment, but to do it void of community where there mm-hmm. is no conflict. There mm-hmm. is very little grooming into humility. Yeah, You've seen it. So you moved here a year ago. Yeah. And, and ish. more involved with the church. Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. And so at, at your first ascent class, I remember saying this. I, I remember saying, this is not even prophetic. I'm just mm-hmm. giving you a fact. Yeah. All y'all are starving for a community. Mm-hmm. Where there is community, there is conflict. Mm-hmm. Where there is conflict, there is two options. Mm-hmm. Choose in and get groomed. Yep. Choose out and always blame the community, whoever it is that's saying what you don't want to hear. We, we have a garden out here, a literal garden. I was laughing the other day. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, it looks so cool. I saw it, yeah. Well, I was laughing. Do you want to know what the Father is using to grow that garden? What? Crap. Wow. <laughs> the first thing we get brought in here in truckloads it's compost. What do you think wow. compost is? It's not potpourri from gar- uh, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. It's manure. Wow, true. So what I'm saying is this. You want to know how to get groomed to, into humility? Enter a community that's mm-hmm. God-ordained, and I promise you conflict will emerge within six to seven minutes, mm-hmm. and then you can choose in or out of it. it uh, mm-hmm. You know what Paul's biggest blessing was? It was a group of people, mm-hmm. that Judaizers, mm-hmm. that stirred up conflict wherever he went. The Lord's biggest blessing was his own family tried to kill him and throw him off the point of the mountain in Nazareth. What I'm saying is this. If there is no tension, we don't grow. My my fear for y'all's age group, and I'm actually seeing a lot of people around here choose into it. Mm. They want to go after God, Mm -hmm. 
but the biblical narrative is going after God in community. That's good. It's That's not, true. You can't, we have turned that Bible into a Western textbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, what do you want for my life? Your life. Yeah. It's always we before me. Yeah. Tell me what it's been like for you. I'm curious. I, have, I haven't asked you okay. this. What has it been like for you? Because God threw you into the middle of a yeah. bunch of conflict, and I told you it was coming. <sighs> yeah, well, Chad, it reminds me, um, last year in the story class, Innocent, we walked through Joseph's story. Um, and he had the coat of many colors, you know what I mean? And so God kept giving me this phrase, the coat is not void of conflict. So if you ever want to do anything great for God or you want to live this great life for God and walk in your anointing, walk in favor, favor with the Lord, I don't think true anointing and the coat of many colors comes without conflict. And so that was a hard pill for me to swallow, basically. Um, But as far as the context of like leadership and being around community, I'm thinking of the verse where Paul says, um, you have not many spiritual fathers. You have tons of fathers, but not many spiritual fathers in Christ. So imitate me. And that's one thing I've loved about being here. You said you have lots of teachers. Yeah. But Ooh, no fathers. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think being here, it's been so fun to be in a discipleship community of mm-hmm. mothers and fathers who so are good. truly just chasing um, intimacy with God and leading from that place mm-hmm. versus like, oh, come to this school so we can impart this gift into you. Because Jesus did it through life on life. And Mm -hmm. so I'm noticing that we're doing it through life on life. It's this family model. It's the Acts chapter 2, breaking bread together, being in the homes. And Mm -hmm. family's messy sometimes. You know what I mean? It is. Messy all the time. True, true. First thing Jesus does when he begins his ministry, we'll close here, is he picks a family. In that family, when he gets close to his cross, two of his disciples' brothers are arguing on who's going to sit where. Mm-hmm. Where there's community, there's conflict. You know, a lot of people run from community to community. They're not. They're actually running from conflict. Mm-hmm. I used to think that Jesus existed to get me out of tension. <laughs> I think his DNA, his core value for me is to put me into tension because wow. in tension I grow. Yeah. So right now, tell me, do you feel like how is the Father moving you towards tension to help you grow, or do you feel like you are void of tension? Where are you on the tension in your life right now? Yeah, so it's been pretty crazy because like a lot of the um, comments online right now, especially with getting banned with TikTok, and the messages mm. are just not kind messages. Mm. And so like two years ago when I first started, the first time I ever really got a ton of like hate and like conflict online, it like messed me up for a couple days and like, or maybe a weekend. And I was just, I got really down and the Lord's like, Hannah, like, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What are you doing? (laughs) So basically, I was like, you're right. Like, that's so true. And that actually started to, like, ignite my fire even more. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if we're making demons mad, then that's pretty cool. So, like, like, even, like, this past month, having a ton of conflict online and and tension with that, it's continually ignited my fire. And that's really the Lord. Like, he's changed my heart on that so much in not letting that get me down, but knowing that's like, I have to keep ministering to these people. Like they need Jesus. So, yeah. Do you know the coat, Joseph's coat? There's a formula <laughs> to this. Okay. Guess, guess who the coat bothers the most? The brothers, the people yeah. who are closest to him? Yeah. So it's not just people. It's the people closest to Ooh. the one who's been given the coat. Yeah. So here's the deal. Whoever is the closest to you, mm-hmm. you will have more warfare with those right around you than That's so who true. really cares if mm-hmm. someone who's never met you in your life sends something on Instagram, yeah. hey, Hannah, I hate you. Yeah. 
but you get someone you're discipling four or five years and someone you've been leading mm-hmm. and the next thing you know rumors are circulating and Joseph's this Joseph's that and they 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 tried to kill him they throw mm-hmm. you in the pit but guess what mm-hmm. guess what happens when the persecution comes you get to know a god that you can't know outside of the crushing When I'm old enough, I'm not old enough yet, but I told my wife the last book I'm going to write is The Favor That Will Ruin Your Life. Wow. And what I noticed, what I noticed, people can't handle the favor Mm -hmm. because with the favor come the maggots. Have you ever put one of those lights out in the middle of the woods at night, one of those blue lights and the flies are drawn to the lights? Mm -hmm. The enemy is drawn to the coat. Mm -hmm. It was never about Joseph. Yeah. It's not, it's not even about how the, the, the father is using you on social media it's about him yeah and so yeah. as the flies are drawn mm-hmm. and i've seen them be drawn to you is there, don't mm-hmm. take it personal yeah joseph if if you're immature you'll take it personal that's so true the more mature you are you would be like well at least i have a coat and i have the father yeah now you may have to go to prison for 17 years but be at peace if that happens <laughs> yeah, you'll so make it, it. Let's go. <laughs> god bless thanks for listening today it's really good having you on how can yeah. people keep up with you yeah thank you not I on can... tiktok they can't do that anymore <laughs> not on tiktok at the moment we might get tiktok back <laughs> But all my social media right now, well, I guess TikTok is, yeah, is at Hannah Janelle Williamson, which Janelle is J-A-N-E-L. But I guess if you just search Hannah Williamson on YouTube or Instagram, you'll be able to find me there. So You can keep up with me by coming to Holly Tree Golf Course, where I play golf on Fridays. And Gabby, <laughs> how can they find you? At the real Gabby Howard on Instagram, G-A-B-B-Y. Hey, I saw something the other day. You're into like foodie stuff. Oh, yeah. We, I didn't know we that. We really bonded over that this weekend. Yes. You know, I thought I was a foodie and Wendy told me to stop. I really thought I was a foodie because mm-hmm. I love food. <laughs> and she had to explain to me, Chad, that's not. You haven't met a foodie until you met someone like me, Chad. When you buy 17 ingredients to make a salad, you're a foodie. Yeah, that's about right. I, t- I sent Hannah an itinerary for this weekend, and there was like every restaurant was mapped out, suggestions, etc. We've been to like three coffee shops so far. That That's a foodie. She definitely has the gift of administration and <laughs> food places, finding anointed food places. See, I really <laughs> thought I was a foodie. I wouldn't try to be funny. Yeah. And Wendy says, sweetie, you're not a foodie. Yeah. You like food. You're not a foodie. A foodie is like when you throw a bunch of stuff on the table and you make a dish out of it. It's got 20 ingredients. Yeah, you know all the right places, too. I got the coffee shop anointing, so. You gave you gave Wendy and I a gift certificate for anniversary, mm-hmm. and it was, I was like, oh, where's this? It was 50 miles away from here, up in some, it was great, but I was yeah. like, I would never do something like this. Yeah, it was pretty far It's called away. the Purple Onion. It's called the Purple Onion, and it's just a one red light, slow town, and so I felt like the father was like, send them so there. So that's a thing. Yeah. Foodie is a thing. Foodies will drive like 45 minutes to go get something good, you know? Are you a foodie? I I also thought I was a foodie, but then like I met Gabby this week and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm a foodie anymore, but we've definitely bonded over the whole food situation. She can appreciate really good food, which I can appreciate. I bet you there's no such thing as a fat foodie. I I bet you $100. I'm, I'm thinking through right now. Really? Yeah. Because foodies are going to eat tiny little plates that you can't pronounce, and it's farm to table, and some goat was killed by a gentle version of death in some farm somewhere. Be at peace. Love you guys. Walk in friendship with God this week. Oh, that was a funny way to end. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe talk show on YouTube and coachandjoe.com for epic merch, blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast.